It's a pleasure to bring in Lou Merlone. You remember him from the Boston Red Sox, 1998 to 2003. Now he's a big-time WEEI Boston afternoon show host, uh, host of Merlone, Fourier, and Mega weekdays, uh, 2 to 6 on WEEI. And he's here on WILI to uh, talk a little uh, Red Sox and the state of the Sox here on July 6th. We'll be closer to the All-Star break. Good morning, Lou. Thanks for a few minutes. Good morning. Anytime. Anytime at all. I know this is Yukon Husky country, and you're a Providence Friar, so I hope you don't mind about that. Yeah, it does hurt a little bit, but that's okay. We, <laughs> we lost our baseball program, so we really can't talk too much. <laughs> yeah, Yukon actually had a pretty good baseball season. They just missed Omaha by, by the skin of their teeth, so hopefully next year. Talk a little Red Sox, though. Uh, all right, we all know they dug themselves out of that ugly 10-19 and 19 early season hole, uh, but one other record that doesn't uh, look too good as we head towards the All-Star break is 9-17 and 17 for the Sox against the AL East. Lou, what do we do about that? Well, there's really nothing you can do at this point. I mean, I think the games up in Toronto, um, they've been a little bit of a mess, right? Earlier in the year when you had no Hawk and your rotation was messed up, and, and then this past one with no Hawk, no Duran. So, um, as Alex said, maybe they fixed that later in the year, so be it. But, uh, you know, the Yankees 1-2, and two, you know, Tampa Bay's 2-3, two and 2-3 three, and three against them. Just they struggled against Baltimore, who's a lot better than, than I think a lot of people anticipated. So there's really nothing you can do. I mean, does it mean anything? I, I, I don't think so because you know, I'd rather win the season series against teams like Seattle, um, teams like uh, Anaheim, because you know at the end of the year you don't get to play them. And you get into like a, uh, a situation late in the season, there's no tiebreaker. The tiebreakers are the season series. So we'll see what happens with these teams. They've got to play better baseball against the division, no question. Now, were you a little concerned? Well, I know Pavetta and, and Waka, for that matter, have been, uh, have been pretty good. Uh, Pavetta went, I guess it was like five and a third last night. He, he was, he did, uh, he got off to a shaky start early on, kind of, uh, you know, looked all right, and then and then uh, the wheels kind of fell off. Are you, are you kind of concerned what you saw from Pavetta last night against Tampa? You know, I, I wasn't because, you know, it's, <laughs> the guy's been so good for a month and a half, and I think, you know, Alex tried to get six out of him, and I think gave him the benefit of the doubt, especially with how he's been pitching lately. So it's just really a one-off, you know. I mean, we'll see how this thing goes because, before this, his previous like, 12, 13 starts, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So he just didn't have it last night. He went up against a team that uh, that's pretty good situationally. And, yeah, it just was one of those nights. But, yeah, you got to get some of these guys healthy. I mean, you can't live and die with the Wu Sox up here, you know what I mean, as far as the rotation goes. We're talking to uh, WEEI's Lou Merloni, host of Merloni, Fourier, and Mega. I believe Lou's on vacation this week. I think they got the manager on today, right, Alex Cora? I know, I know you're not on. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm just chilling this week. My son's playing baseball. Nice. Like a state tournament, and I just wanted to relax for the July week. <laughs> very good, very good. All right, let's talk a little about Michael Waka, the dead arm. Uh, how concerned are you about that? And does this mean we're going to see more of Winkowski? I know we'll get into Bayo in a second, but uh, Waka, dead arm. What do you, what do you see on this? Yeah, you know the whole dead arm thing is something you usually see kind of um, you know in spring training. You know maybe you don't really see it this time of year. So there is some concerns. Like people can just sit there and say, oh, you know. Walk is going to come back, and Evaldi's going to come back, and Whitlock's going to come back, and Sale's going to come back, and it's like, yeah, you know, are we sure about that? How good are they going to be? You know, Evaldi with this hip thing, everything's taking too long, and Walker with his arm, his dead arm. So it's one of those things we sort of tread lightly, and I think, you know, you look at a guy like Winkowski, and I, I, I don't see a reason for him leaving this rotation right now with the way he's throwing. Um, like you said, Bale goes here tonight, so 
there's some concern with Walker because he's been really, really, really good for them so far this year. Now let's uh, talk about Bay. I can't wait to see him. Then I know you can. It's it's, it's uh, been highly anticipated. There's got to be some nerves. Uh, it probably uh, happens uh, to everyone. Uh, what what can we expect? Uh, I mean, this is uh, Bayo going up against Tampa Bay team, AL East rival. Uh, how many innings do you see him going? I mean, are they going to keep him on a pitch count or that kind of thing? You know, it was kind of funny that the in spring training when he threw one time and happened to be on TV, I believe, against the Twins. Right away, people started putting side by side, you know, his wind up and delivery next to Pedro Martinez. And this is spring training, and I'm like, oh boy, you know, you never want to put that on a kid, right? Pedro Martinez, one of the greatest of all time, but he has been, he has skyrocketed through the system. He's skyrocketed on the prospect list. Uh, he has been electrifying. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, here comes 97, 98, but it's a sinker. So he just throws it right down in the middle of the plate, allows it to work. He's getting ground balls at a high rate. He's striking guys out with that with that pitch. He also has an amazing changeup to go with it. Uh, I'm really excited about it. The kid just turned 23 last month. But as far as what I'm looking for, I don't really care about the final line. Like, I just want to be, I just want to watch him and just see the potential. You know, you sometimes you can see it from like a young pitcher who go out there and there's so much to learn that, you know, who knows? You know, they'll start maybe picking something up on him, a pattern or a tip or whatever it might be, and maybe get to him one inning. But there's that dominant one inning where you're just like, there it is. You know, that's what we're looking for. So for me, it's about more like moments than it is for a kid's first start than it is really about the uh, the final line. And now that you mention that, I do see a little Pedro, and, uh, and we can only hope that he's as good as Pedro. Nobody's going to be as good as Pedro. But uh, looking forward to seeing Brian Bayo against the Rays tonight at Fenway. Uh, let's talk a little about the bullpen. We and, and as we get closer to the uh, the trading deadline here, we all know the the bullpen is probably the the first thing that on Hyams as we hope. Uh, you know, do you first of all Tanner Houck? Do you see him uh, staying in the closers role? And and, and have what, you got to like what you've seen from him, huh? Yeah, and you know I, I do maybe against certain teams. You know, I I was not a fan of Tanner Houck going as a closer, only because I know how much he, he's so much better against right-handed hitters than he is lefties. So, you know, when you come in, whether you're a starter or, or when you come in in the sixth, seventh inning, eighth inning, whatever it might be, you know, may, maybe a team might not unload their bench, you know, with their left-handed back. They're saving them for that ninth inning. They're saving them for that closer. You know, but, you know with Hauk, I'd rather see him face righties. But you can sort of mix and match him and Whitlock, you know, as your closer when Whitlock comes back. You know, I mean, you're facing the Toronto Blue Jays, two, three, four. They're not pinch hitting for any of those guys. They're all righty. Same thing with the New York Yankees, other than Rizzo. So there's most of it's right-handed power, you know, in the AL East. So I can see him kind of being a closure on a given night. But between him and Whitlock, I can see him kind of splitting this thing up. But you're right, there's one more arm. Like, I, I would love to have a guy on top of them. I would love to go out and get a David Robinson as a rental or a Daniel Bard as a rental and then have Whitlock and Hauk and Schreiber setting them up. You go from a questionable bullpen to a very strong bullpen in just one move. We're talking to Lou Merloni from WEI in Boston. Just a couple more minutes. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you who who'd you like at the trading deadline. How about did you mention? I know you mentioned Bard, uh, but what about the Bednar kid from Pittsburgh too? Right? Did you mention him? Yeah, I did. It's just the question is like when you got a kid that's that good that's got what five, uh, five years of control, like you're, the ask is enormous, you know, and he's not making any money. So the ask is just absolutely through the roof, and I, I don't see Hein Bloom going there. Like you're talking one of the top prospects to get one a, a very good closer for the next five years, and like one of the elite guys. And I, I just I don't see it happening unless Pittsburgh is interested in say like a Connor Seabold or or, or you know, a guy like this. You know, um, one of these two guys we've just seen like Crawford, and just say okay, we'll give you a starter for the next five or six years for a closer for the next four or five years. You know what I mean? So. 
Uh, I love him. I really do. I just think the ask is going to be a little bit too much. And, and that's probably the biggest question mark I have going into that trade deadline is Hein Bloom has accumulated all this pitching depth, especially atop of the, uh, atop of the organization in AAA. You can't probably use them all. Like all five of these guys aren't going to go to the rotation next year. Does he move one of them? Does he move some of these prospects? Is he willing to? Or does he sort of just really like the same situation he has built in that minor league system? That's going to probably be the biggest question mark going into the trade deadline. Excellent job, Lou. Uh, within a minute, we'll let you out on this. Uh, give us your uh, brief outlook on the upcoming Yankee series. I know we got to finish off the race tonight, win that series. But what do you what do you like? And what do you see going into the four game series of the Yanks? Well, see the Yankees. You know, offensively they hit home runs, but you know they're not exactly swinging uh, you know hot sticks. They, they hit bombs. It's all about their pitching. It's all about their starting uh, rotation. It's all about their bullpen. So to me, whenever you play in the New York Yankees, given what their standings are, given how they're playing, if you can get out of there with splits. I'll take it. You know, if you go to Yankee Stadium right now and take one out of three, I'll take it and just move on. You worry about the Yankees in October. Right now, you just sort of survive and get into the playoffs. So I'm not worried about them right now. I'll worry about them in October. Lou, thank you so much. We appreciate the time, man. All right, you got it, Keith. Anytime, pal. All right, Lou Merloni, WEI in Boston, giving us a state of the Sox. It's 8 o'clock.